we were supposed to go to Thanksgiving too, and, and my wife you, became ill. And so she, she, she wasn't ill enough that I had to stay home. She's like, yeah, go hunting, you know, have fun. So I go hunting that morning. Up comes a buck, eight point buck. I shoot it, goes down. And I'm like, well, what do I do now? You're listening to Classical Etc., a show from the Memoria Press Podcast Network, where we offer an in-depth look at the philosophy, culture, and heart of the Memoria Press family. Now, here's your host, Shane Saxon. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Classical Etc. I'm Shane Saxon. Today, I got a chance to sit down with Paul Schaefer, the director of the Memoria Press Online Academy. Our conversation explored the apparent contradiction between Paul's first love, farming, and his vocation, directing a fully online classical school. I think you'll enjoy hearing how this seeming contradiction is precisely what makes him the right man for the job. Now here's our conversation. And like we're rolling. Yes, all of this is already, yeah, I'm sure you probably were. Better than uh, Michelle who asked if I would marry her the first question. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely not gonna ask you that question. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll put this here. So Paul, I wore sorry, I wore a stained shirt this morning, and that's fine. You know, that forgot fits that, the, it was that fits the farmer the farmer vibe. <laughs> that is actually true. So this this stain, I have to you know, I don't know if you're actually starting here, but we're gonna yeah, we're starting. So uh, two days ago, okay. so so my chore is to get out there before anybody else in the family, let the dog out who's been sleeping. She sleeps right outside the chicken coop. And put a training collar on her so we can control her because she's she's a puppy out of control. Sure, Lindy. That's right. And I walked out in a white shirt, a you know light khaki pants. And normally she's fine. She just sits right there. I put the collar on. Out she goes. Right. And she that night morning she had been in the middle of the night I guess been digging through the dirt, and so she comes right up on me, two front Classic. paws right there, and I. <laughs> And then you just put your tie on and came to work. <laughs> that is not what happened. Uh, my wife said, where are your coveralls? You're wearing those next time. Yes. So, so Paul, that really is what I want to talk to you about, is that you put on your coveralls in the morning because you're a farmer. Mm-hmm. Well, aspiring. Let's, aspiring. Let's, let's okay, aspiring farmer. Yes. But would you say it's accurate to say your first love is farming? First love is my wife. Um, so, so however, good to hear. Uh, uh, maybe first passion, right? Yeah. So, so what I like to do yeah. is is farm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Farm and be outdoors, right? I mean, hunting goes in with that. Um, fishing. Yeah, any in fishing, anything I can do with my hands, really, but that provides for sustenance. Okay, so you you're a farmer. You're also all things tech here, and your actual vocation is director of a fully online classical school. Now, not me. But someone else might ask, that seems like a contradiction. I wouldn't say that. But if someone was here who did think that, that it's a contradiction to love farming, to work with your hands, and to also be a tech guru and really good as an online director, how would you answer them? Uh, they're wrong. Um, to, be, to be blunt, uh, sometimes <laughs> I like to be too blunt. Um, well, I think number one, uh, it, well, it could come from a lot of different areas, right? It could be a stereotype of who a farmer is. Yeah, farmers uh, aren't good at technology, and they're not, you know, they're not sophisticated, right, Paul? 
Yeah, I mean, we like to, you know, eat eat grass while we wear our overalls <laughs> and and sit there like a bump on the log, right? Uh, no, actually, farming, and this is actually one of the things that was most attractive when I started learning about farming, is the utter complexities of it, right? You actually, to do it successfully and be uh, a true steward of the land, you have to know so much. You have to know about... Uh, chemistry, you have to know about your soil health. I mean, even if you're doing animals, right? I grew up, uh, I was homeschooled for a while and my mother didn't want to teach science. So her thing was, she said to my dad, go start a garden. And that is actually what propelled me into farming. But as a kid, I hated it, hated every minute of it. And, um, and so when I started getting interested in farming, I was like, I want to go the animal route. I, I do not want to, I've picked too many weeds, I've harvested too many tomatoes, and I just don't want to deal with the plants. But then as you start learning about animals, you start realizing, oh, there's, you have to worry about your plants, because that's what your animals eat, right? And so there's, there's a vast amount of knowledge that the farmer has to have. And uh, I mean, you look, you look back at the, at the people that are giants in the educational world uh, or just in, in, in leading society prior to the 20th century, all of them knew about farming in some respect, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's how we all live without farming. We all die. Right. And uh, you know, there's, there's the idea of leisure is the basis of culture and all of that, right. That if you're only focused on farming, then we don't have all of this great, other, all this other culture. But I also think that, if farming is relegated to the bump on the log, you end up with all of us end up sicker. We end up poorer. We end up in a world that we're trapped in our own minds hmm. and we don't get to get out and use our bodies and actually experience the world around us. Yeah. So, I mean, on that point, have you felt as you've taken on these things and you didn't grow up farming? Uh, no, just the garden. I mean... So as you've explored these things and learned more about animal, animals and, and the farm life, have you felt like more life? I mean, as it, how has it helped your health? Oh, absolutely. Your, yeah. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I lived in town, uh, in town, right? Louisville, big town. It's, it's, you know, big comparatively to where I live now. And so I wake up, I drag myself out of bed, I take a shower, I drive to work, I come home from work. And, you know, if I was lucky, I'd get to mow the lawn, right? But then I got married and my wife started doing that for me because she's so nice. But then I didn't get to go out and mow the lawn anymore, right? <laughs> um, so what else was there for me to do with my hands, right? I could, you know, fix a doorknob or, or clean the gutters. But most of the time I was sitting idle. It wasn't leisurely. It was idleness, right? And I was just exhausted, right? And fat. Um, I mean, those people that remember me six years ago, right? I, so a bunch of people came to the Memorial Press Conference a couple of years ago, and they're like, did you lose a bunch of weight? Yeah, I was like 40 <laughs> pounds because I actually started taking my health seriously. And But now, like, I get up because I got farm chores, you know, mm. but I don't mm. begrudgingly get out, out of bed anymore. I'm like, great, I get to go see my chickens, right? And find out this morning that Lindy killed the chicken, right? I mean, it's, it's, she's supposed to be guarding the that. chickens, and that's just what happens. Um, right. But it made for an interesting morning. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, so 
And then when I come home, right, there's, you know, we have a nice dinner and then what are we going to do? Let's go, let's go make sure the chickens have their food. Let's go try to train Lindy. Let's go check on the bees. Let's, you know, prepare for the cows. Right. I mean, we have lots of things that we, you know, yeah. we don't want to just do one thing. We want to do so many. Yeah. So connected back then to classical education and the online school. I mean, you're talking about the life-giving power of, of not being idle, but all of your students and teachers are sitting at chairs. So how have you resolved that contradiction in your heart? You don't see it as a contradiction, I wow. assume. What a, what a con wow. I did not see that one coming. Okay. Um, kids sitting in chairs versus me out on the farm. Uh, I, I do sit in a chair for a long time every day. I will uh, make that clear. Uh, the, my first thought is our classes are an hour and a half for the week, sure. right? So you can... The student can sit there for an hour and a half, learn about American history, and go out on their porch swing and actually breathe fresh air while they study, yeah. right? While they read the book. Um, they can I actually driving into Highlands Latin School today, there was a class out there, you know, doing I don't know what they were doing, but it was evidently class going on out in the grass. Uh, I know they do that rarely, but they do, you know, sure. fresh air is a very, very good thing. Um but also, right, the, it gives them flexibility for whatever their interests and passions are, sure. right? So where my life has given me the flexibility where mornings and nights and weekends I can go and do what I want to do uh, in the farming sphere, right? I think the online academy schedule, for one, gives students that, that kind of flexibility. Um, but uh, I think also farming is a is an industry, well, you know, it's an endeavor that feeds both mind and body, mm. right? And so we in the Online Academy, we are seeking to absolutely form the mind, right, and feed the mind. Uh, and uh, oftentimes we are also trying to uh, make things bodily and, you know, whether it's actually getting on the microphone in the class and talking, right, whether it's writing and submitting, you know, a, a written form, you know, s some of our classes, like in math, they can't just type the numbers in and submit it. They have to actually write it on a piece of paper, scan it in, send it to us, which may seem antiquated. But you guys are doing online differently. Yeah, you've got, I mean, they've got to use their hands, right? Um, and so all of that comes in to a full human experience, I think, you know, and Mrs. Strickland, you go into one of her Latin classes and she's playing, you know, Latin chant as you come into the room. Right. right? So you, you get this experience of beauty. Right. And, and, um, it's, you know, if we did Latin class in a Gothic church, maybe there'd be even more beauty. Right. So we do what we can. Uh, but I also, I also think, see, I, I'm, I'm preempting your questions. Hopefully, I have found that actually the majority of, and this is anecdotal, I don't have hard data, but I think the majority of, of online academy families are rural. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I found that interesting. Uh, I, I was talking to a, a, a mom in the online academy, and she, she, she was, started telling me that she thinks her son's going to grow up to be a farmer, and she was kind of apologetic about well, I don't think he's going to, he might not go to college. You know, he's he probably going to be, you know, a gentleman farmer. And I was like, that is amazing. Let me tell you about my life. Uh, and I think, you know, but she, she, 
you know, she and I were on the same wavelength of we want him to be liberally educated. He has to have the command of the liberal arts because when you go try to price out a tractor and figure out what am I getting for this? And, you know, no, nobody in the agricultural sales business is comparing apples to apples, right? So you have to have the wherewithal to look through their rhetoric, look through their logic, figure out what am I actually getting for this, right? As part of running an actual, if you're going to be a farmer and you have to run this business, you have to understand all of that, right? And so I was like, great, I'm thrilled to prepare this gentleman farmer in high school and have him ready and prepared for whatever's thrown at him, right? Because the, the farmer isn't just brute force, the farmer is is absolutely fully engaged mentally and bodily uh, in, in a lot of ways in, in, in the world. Oh, there's... And, it, and in that way, I mean, you kind of are doing that with Online Academy. You, you don't, like you said, the Gothic Church could be a better environment for education, but you're using the tool of internet in the same way you're using the tool of your tractor or any of the other things that you've leveraged on the farm for your good and the good of your farm. Yeah, we, we're, what's the end goal, right? right. The end goal right. is that child, right? Mm -hmm. We want that child to be wise and we want him to be virtuous. And I mean, to be completely frank, we, you know, we 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 are trying to form the virtue through what we're talking about in class and, and the discipline, but we actually have very little control over that formation of virtue because we are online, right? They're at home. We we can't we can't tell them to sit up or pay attention, right? We can't tell them to pay attention if they're not engaging, right? But they can turn us off, and we we you know. Uh, we're off, right? We, yeah. we have no way to contact that person. Um, and so, you know, that's, that for us is, is a deep partnership with the parents, but our, our absolute end goal is that child, right? So, so yeah, the online mechanism is a means for us and to reach people that don't have an opportunity for a classical school in their area, right? Um, you know, here I am trying to produce high quality eggs for people in my area that don't have access to it, right? They, they, they can't raise the chickens, right? Or the high quality meat or whatever it is, because, you know, you can go to the grocery store and you can get, I didn't think you'd guilt trip me on the interview for not buying your eggs. Well, you know, we've established that, um, you don't buy from friends. <laughs> then we established that we're not friends. So therefore you can buy from me. So I still don't know why you're not buying from me. Except for the fact that I don't have eggs yet. Yes. Next month I should be having five dozen eggs a day. Um, <laughs> this is not a promotion for my farm. Please do not try to buy from me. Um, so to go back to something you said earlier, yeah, going back to something you said earlier, you talked about how gardening was kind of an introduction into a body of knowledge that you hadn't had access to before. I've heard you kind of connect that with the way we teach science and the way you teach it in the online academy. Do you, do you see kind of that experience of, of gardening in the out of doors, having our students observe things primarily in the, in the middle school years. Are there connections there or am I, am I missing that? Um, uh, let me, let me try to follow you here. So the gardening being sort of my entrance to farming in the same way as students learning about nature, the nature studies as their introduction to science. Yeah. 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 I mean, everything, I guess I, I I want to bring this back to we we are we are not spirits that that have this body attached to us and you know the body's horrible and 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 the spirit's the good thing. No, 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 no. We we are incarnated beings, right? Our flesh is part of us. And so, you know, if we study science in the abstract, right, 
it doesn't mean much, right? You can study the laws of physics, right? But unless you actually go out and you see a car crash into a steel pillar that doesn't move, all of a sudden the laws of physics mean something, right? And in the same way, I think, you know, students starting with their nature studies, which by the way, something hopefully we're going to roll out in the online academy next year because we don't have those lower school classes, right? Um, and it's going to be a challenge to do that in an online format, right? And I have some teachers that are trying to think outside the box on that one. How do we do that? Because if I were physically present with those students, we would walk out. I would bring it. We'd study birds. I'd bring a chicken in and have the chicken strut around and I might have to put a diaper on it because we're in a school building, you know, um, and it's kind of unnatural, but people do it. Uh, so, you know, the, that that incarnated aspect of let's let's touch this thing right uh th those were things that we actually didn't have to do in school when everybody you know had access to those things right now so many of our students haven't seen a, a pig in their lives right they have you know they've they've the only outdoor wildlife they know of is the squirrel and the bird in their tree right um and so you know, I, I feel that in some regard, if most of our students are rural and and we, you know, roll out nature studies, that may, may be a flop because, <laughs> right, because I tell parents all the time, if, if you're, if, if your kid goes frog gigging, you know, in the afternoons, you may not need to study amphibians and reptiles, right? You know, I, your child has, has a knowledge of that. You may need to spend a little bit of time so they know the vocabulary and the terminology, but they they get a visceral a visceral understanding of it and so you know it's there's there's absolutely a place for people becoming experts in that right botanists are hard to come by today if you want a field where you can actually where you get a job you know no matter what comes go into botany which is huh crazy thing to say right but i was talking to somebody and and um i think it was a former online academy student maybe i'm completely wrong on this but majoring in botany and colleges are looking for these people because people can tell you all day long about, you know, this biology of the cells and, you know, all of that sort of thing. But to actually be able to identify a plant, yeah, very few people can do that. Sure. Yeah. I can't figure out what kind of grass I have. And I, that, would, that would be very helpful. One of the most fascinating days of my life was going to a field day. They're, they're, I think they're free. But it was a farmer's field day for for pasture management if you have cows and one of the things we learned was like three or four different kinds of grass and i was like <laughs> what? what what you know and my wife and i went walking out of there and we're driving down the road and she's like johnson grass you know <laughs> we were just so excited yeah. to know what different kinds of grass sure so farming has shaped you you can identify grass now and all these other things you've talked some about. kinds of grass <laughs> there are so many kinds of grass but anyway yes how, how has classical ed shaped you? And do you see parallels between the way classical ed has shaped you and the way farming is shaping you? Do they run alongside of each other? What, what's the relationship between yeah, the person forming nature? That's a good question. I, I'd say number one, it, classical education is the reason I'm a farmer. Um, and I've, I've told this story before to some people, but it, it's worth repeating. Um, I was on a panel and I was at, we were asked, what is a book that has changed your life? And my answer to that at the time was Anna Karenina, which, by the way, is not the best novel ever written. That's kind of Monte Cristo. But Anna Karenina did change my life. And it, because of the section of Levin mowing the field. 
And as Levin mows the field, it seems interminable. And that's, that's the beauty of living on a farm, right? Things are slow. And you, you, can, you can just rest in that, that slowness, right? Um, and in that, as I, as I read that passage, and then later on, spoiler, as Levin comes to faith, that, that moment on his field mowing his peasants is crucial for his conversion. And I thought, you know, as I seek to be a follower of Christ, that's one way in my life. I'm not saying every Christian has to be a farmer, right? What I am saying, though, is that in my life, I realized as I was reading Anna Karenina because of classical education, and here it was leading me to look at my life and say, mm, you know what, maybe city life isn't the best for me. Uh, and then uh, shortly thereafter, I read Jaber Crow. And while maybe not in the Western canon yet, it, it was hugely influential for me to be able to see a world outside of a metropolis and um, the community that it, that's that's involved there, the um, and the the desire for small community, not not large community, and so I you know th and those were those were direct. I was reading those books directly because I was involved in classical education, and you know as I did that, I realized well, I can't let my my body be in discord with my soul. I can't let my, my lifestyle be in discord with, you know, what I truly believe is, is true and good and beautiful. And so, uh, that classical education is, is largely why I'm a farmer. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's, there is no conflict because one led me to the other. Yeah. And, uh, what was interesting to me is this, this was very fascinating. This is before I had a desire to farm. I think I was at a conference and uh, this, this actually brings technology into it. And Andrew Kern comes up to me and says, Hey, can you help me out? I'm like, sure. What, you know, he's like, I've got this, this presentation on a computer and I can't figure out how to make, I forget. It was like making a circle around some other, you know, graphic art graphic on his presentation. And you know, I looked at it a little bit and I was like, I don't think you can do that, but here, here's a different way we can do it. And I figured it out for him. And he looks at me and he goes, did you grow up on a farm? And, and, and it was very interesting how in his mind, problem solving on a computer yep. and being a farmer went hand in hand. Yep. And, and I was like, not really. I mean, uh, no, I lived in town. We had a garden. We, you know, and he said, people that grow up on farms seem to have a knack for problem solving. But I thought, well, isn't that what we're going for in classical education, right? Yeah. To teach kids how to think. And, um, and, and again, I think that's that, the incarnational aspect of it, right? You learn how to problem solve with your hands and what we're trying to do in, in the, in the academic sphere. And, and I want to make a distinction between academic and education, right? Mm -hmm. What we're trying to do in the academic sphere is do that in an, you know, problem solve in an intellectual way. And because education for me involves both of these things, mm -hmm. right? The online academy, we don't we don't pretend to be education. We pretend to be academics, right? We espouse a classical education view, but that requires a a partnership where that embodiment yeah. is happening in the home. So on that point, we have a few minutes left. You're talking to me, probably other people who 
don't live on farms, but who really resonate with what you're saying and want to be formed as people and have our bodies be formed. What do you recommend are the ways that someone like me can can learn to do things and to find ways to to engage with that part of being human? That's a good question. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the major thing would be do just think about what, what can I do with my hands, right? If you live in an apartment and you have a balcony, right? Get four or five pots, grow different things, research, you know, with your kids, uh, pollinating, right? It, it's, you know, I was having a conversation recently about two different kinds of trees, cherry trees that they cross pollinate. And so you, you know, to really get one to work, you need the other, right? You can research those sorts of things. And I mean, just have a pot, right? I mean, my wife and I bought three blue, three, I think it was three blueberry plants. Lindy got into them multiple times. Now we're down to one. Come on, Lindy. Uh, it's not only her fault. We kind of didn't water them for a while, you know? <laughs> um, and so, but, you know, now that's in our sunroom, right? And it's something for us to, to contemplate and, and, and say, okay, how do we get this thing to grow? And, and it's, it's fascinating exposition also of what's out of your control, right? Get a pet, right? Uh, you know, we're going over rabbits. I want to have meat rabbits. Like, I like rabbit meat. Sounds great to me. Um, Chris Hall, who's, a, who's an instructor in the online academy, he's been he's got rabbits and he's pushing me like you need to do meat rabbits. Um, we're thinking about a rabbit as a pet, you know. But having having something that yeah, you need to feed, you need to care for. It's it's it, it creates responsibility. Um, but also, like, if if something goes haywire, you may not have, let's say that rabbit's kept in a cage, right? You may not have a second cage ready when that rabbit bites through the, you know, the mesh or whatever. Well, okay, let's problem solve. Let's find something. You can, you can do that in, in a way, even when you don't have acres to do things like this, right? What's, what's the small thing? So, you know, get some potted plants, get some, which, honestly... I always thought my wife was a little bit, a little bit crazy having all these potted plants around the house. And so now I see the value, right? Um, you know, uh, if, if you have pets, if you, you know, if, if you're a homeowner and you know, something breaks, research it, give it a shot first, right? Uh, everything that we can do to actually get our hands and they can, they can be those small things. Uh, I mean, that's, that's where I started was, you know, I bought a fixer upper and I, you know, I, and, and, and I asked experts, I wanted to rip out a wall. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Went to my uncle and he went and he looked and he's like, okay, you need to support here. You know, you need a support beam. And, and he kind of tries to explain it to me and I look at him just with wide eyes. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'll come tell me what Saturday we'll do it together. Right. There's so many people out there that are willing to do that. And the, and, 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 and just ask, ask, ask around because so many people that have these abilities are just dying for opportunities to share them. There's actually, if you do happen to be a listener that wants a farm, there are a lot of farmers getting older that are looking for somebody to take over their farm. There are a lot of possibilities like that. And, um, and they're thirsting to teach you. Right. And even if it's like, I don't want your farm, but I want, I, you know, I want the experience. I want somebody to come to show my kids what it's like raising a cow. They'd be like, come on out. Right. Um, because we are social creatures and, you know, any sort of 
um, any sort of a, a chance to talk to um, the future generation about this is what I do is is really really heartwarming to a lot of people. And so even if if you live in town, if 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 you if you can find again ways to do it in your own house, small ways, but then if you can just look for community programs. You know, my 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 father planted a few fruit trees, and then he was like, I don't, I don't know how to prune these, and he found a place in in, in South Louisville. It was a, put on by um, the education service, uh, the extension service, and they were just there was a guy that was going to teach you how to pr prune fruit trees. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, you may not have a fruit tree to prune, but it would be fun to go out there and prune them with them and learn what you're doing, right? Right, and so all of those sorts of small ways, and and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be agricultural. You know, it can be you know, it can be handyman kind of stuff, you know, replace a light switch. It can be, um, baking, right. All of that sort of stuff. You know, we, we live in a world where so many people don't know how to cook their own food anymore. Right. And that was also something that drove me to farming too, is I, like, I want good food. Um, it's amazing how healthy food tastes good. Right. So anyway. Well, Paul, this has been fun. Next time on location at Paul's farm. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. I, as long as, we can follow you follow me around with a camera i'll show you the bees i'll show you the chickens i'll show you you know where we hunt you know um all of those things and closing story i know y'all want to wrap this up um i think probably it was what really drove me to wanting to raise animals for food was the experience of hunting and and this you may need to cut this. This may be a little too visceral. <laughs> um, but I had kind of had this dream of I want to go hunting. I didn't grow up hunting, and I thought you know I'd like to do it. So so my father in law was like, yeah, I'll go out hunting with you. And we were going out hunting on my parents' land, and and um, you know we went out several times together. Never got a thing. Then he goes off to Minnesota for Thanksgiving, and I we were supposed to go to Thanksgiving too, and and my wife you became ill. And so she, she, she wasn't ill enough that I had to stay home. She's like, yeah, go hunting, you know, have fun. So I go hunting that morning up comes a buck, eight point buck. I shoot it goes down and I'm like, what do I do now? Right. And in this moment, right. Where I have to problem solve. Right. And, and granted I had YouTube how to gut a deer before I did it. Cause I wasn't sure what I was doing. But the experience of taking a live animal and removing organs, cutting up, cutting it up for me, uh, taught me respect for that animal mm. and made, I knew where my, my food came from, but I knew in sort of like the, the Shio, um, understanding in Latin, right? Like, you know, but you don't <laughs> conosco, right? Conosco, sure. like that I really know. And this was like a, 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 a visceral experience with, with, you know, as I, as I pulled those entrails out and it was, it was still so warm. And, and again, I'm sorry, you may have to cut this, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a visceral, like I, I am part of the world. Yeah. I remember talking to a counseling professor about it. Yeah, I said I needed counseling <laughs> out for dinner. And I and, and it was it was a couple of weeks after, and I said it was the most humanizing experience I ever had. And he said, wait, 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 wait. You have to explain it. What do you mean by it's humanizing? And I said, it 
all of a sudden I had lived my entire life in an artificial world. And all of a sudden I was a part of the cosmos. I was a part of the creation that God put me in and not only put me in, but made me a part of, right? Um, we're in this, this, as humans, we're in this special, special place between God who has an immortal, you know, we have immortal souls and he asks us to participate in his life, but yet we are, we are viscerally human, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're part of creation and melding those two things. I mean, that's precisely um, this idea that we're, I mean, we're trying to do in the online academy, try to bring it around full circle. Yeah. We, we are trying to do mind, partnering with the parents for body, but realizing we're all one human person that's part of the world. Right, and that's the life I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. I've inspired me. I've enjoyed kind of watching you on the journey the last few years, and thanks for sharing with us. Well, I'm happy to be here, and I hope I can come back. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Memorial Press podcast. If you like what you heard and you would like to hear more, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. My name is Shane Saxon, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memorial Press Podcast Network providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.